and uh, I knew him, so I knew that wasn't anything unusual, but I, uh, we started talking, and uh, I'm going to preach today what to do when your want-to-er is broke, or what to do when I don't desire him. And honestly, we don't always desire God. You know, I was kind of bummed out yesterday, and I said, you know, God, I'd like to just have you do this for me, and lo and behold, God did it for me. And I thought, okay, hey, thanks, God. That, that was neat. But all of us come to the place that sometimes we don't desire God. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a part of the attack of the enemy. It's a part of the struggle of our senses our soulish man as well as our natural man to gain leadership or influence or right of command in our life and we know first corinthians 9 27 tells us we have to we're not foolish we don't box with a shadow we know specifically that our body is one of the enemies of our spiritual life with Christ. We have to bring it under submission, least at any time we ourselves would become a castaway. So we know that the rule of the flesh is very powerful, that its design and its, its desire, not its design, its desire, is to separate us from God. That's what the devil uses, Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, the lust of flesh, the desire of the mind, and the uh, lust of the mind are the things that the devil uses to produce sin. Those are the things that draw us away from God. And then the rhyme and the reason. So I was thinking, why do people get so enthused and passionate when they get connected with God they, before they ever knew him, they were just sinners. They get so passionate, so dedicated, so faithful, so loving, so focused. It's like, you know, man, I, I've just got to do this. And I love making sacrifices. And I love preferring other people. And I love giving. And I love doing. And I, I love church. I love worship. I, I love being involved. And a year later... They are so stinking hard. Man, you could grind corn on them and never make a dent. They show up Sunday just because they get a phone call if they don't. Sometimes I walk into Ed and I say, you know what? The hospital is closed. Let them all just go to hell. I'm tired. He say, okay, Pastor, how far you want that to go? I say... I'm just frustrated. We give all we can do, and no matter what we're doing, it seems like people just don't, yeah, I better not use that language, care. And you wonder why. What did God do but save us? How can we turn so fast and so far and so hard? that sometimes no matter what happens, we just don't get it together. And I'm thinking, God, like, what causes people to do that? I, and people would say, I want to, Pastor, I just, I, I just can't. So we're going to take our want tour to the repair shop today. And it starts off with little things and then ends up missing the service here. Miss, oh, you're trying to get us to come to church more. Well, you're absolutely right. I agree with Jesus. He never missed a Sunday, never missed a service. The church, this New Testament church, invented unfaithfulness. But it's not found in the Savior. And thank God, thank God that it's not found in Him. But it is one of the deceptive ploys that it begins the little foxes ultimately create corruption and decay and infestation in the vines that have been joined 
to the master. We think it's just natural. It's not natural. It's not natural at all. It's just not natural. Anyway, I want to start out by, first of all, I said Ephesians, the fifth chapter, but let's go to Luke, the 11th chapter, verse 37. Luke 11, 37, then we'll go to this. And I'm, I wrote down some notes, but I'm just kind of shooting from the hip because I deal with it all the time. I see Christians, I see families end up being broken because of the unfaithfulness of one to Christ and the other one not to Christ. And uh, I told Phyllis when I got saved, I said, now understand this. If you backslide, you'll go to hell by yourself. I'm not leaving Jesus. And I mean it. My family, they'll, they'll all go to hell. I'm not going with them. I'm going to live for Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I'm, I'm not going to live half-heartedly. I'm not going to run my race half-throttle. I'm not going to be half in the world, and I'm going to be half in the kingdom. I'm going to be a Christian. Amen. I'm going to be a dyed-in-the-wool, branded, known in my community, a Christian. That's what I'm going to be known as. Now, in Luke, the 11th chapter, let me find it here, Luke 11, and verse 37. And it says, And as he spake, a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him, and he went in, and he sat down to meet. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner. And the Lord said unto him, Now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup of the platter, but your inward part is full of ravaging and of wickedness? You fools, do not he that made which is without make also that which is within. But rather give alms to such things as ye have, and behold, all the things are clean unto you. But woe unto you, Pharisees, for you tithe of mint and rue and all the manner of the herbs and pass over judgment and the love of God, and these ought ye to do or have done and not leave the other undone. The first thing if a person is going to end up staying on fire for God you have to capitalize on certain things. And they are found in this passage of Scripture. The first thing you have to capitalize on is loving God. I'm talking about not saying you love God. I'm talking about you loving God. That means that if you love Him, you will serve Him. God doesn't accept half-hearted. He said, you got to love me with your whole heart, Amen. with all your strength, with all your mind, with all your soul. I won't take anything less. And so that brings us to the next connection that every Christian has to if they're going to stay or keep their want to or working or get it to reworking is judgment. Now, when we talk about judgment, everybody says, oh, you can't judge me, you can't, well... We can judge those that are in the church, so let's just skip that subject. Amen. You know, only people that have no understanding say such foolish things. They, they just don't know what they're talking about. And, uh, but Jesus said you should not have overlooked two things, love and judgment. What made the Pharisees dead on the inside but look like they were alive on the outside? They simply did not love God. And that showed up in their love towards other, others and their service towards others. And when you disconnect from that, you say, oh, we don't have time. Oh, I'm just tired. I'm just this. No, you're falling out of love. Look at yourself. Your want tour needs to go to the repair shop. Amen? This goes for marriage. The first time that you start demanding your wife to do something, you are breaking 
her heart and you are breaking covenant between you because now it becomes usury. I want you to do something for me. You don't have to. I, listen, my wife don't even have to cook for me. Honest to God, I never asked you. Do I ask you to cook? No, I don't ask her to cook. Don't, she don't have to cook for me. She does. It's safer if I cook my own, but it, it, she doesn't have to. I would never ask her to get up and get me something. I wouldn't do it. I just, well, I would not even think like that because I love her and I know that my covenant with her is to serve her, not for her to serve me. And my covenant with God in love is not about him doing for me. If I love him, my covenant with God, first of all, if I don't want to be dead on the inside. Now listen to what I'm saying to you. Please listen to me. If you want to stay alive with Jesus, if you want to keep your desire working, then you're going to have to love God and you're going to have to serve people. Amen. You understand that? You're going to have to serve people. When you go a day or two days without serving people, doing something for someone, you're dying. You're dying. So when we love God, the first thing we have to do is serve others. Pay attention, fellas. Serve others. This is not funny. It's Gloria's fault. <laughs> Blondes of a color flop together. Flap together, whatever that is. Now, and the other thing is this. Judge yourself. Why did Jesus use love and judgment together? Because love is the easiest thing to forsake, to declare and not do. You have to judge yourself. Are you in love with God? And do people know it? Do people know it? Amen. You know, it doesn't hurt to do stuff. I do stuff for Phyllis. You don't have to do that. Well, I know it. But if I don't, a week down the road, we're going to sit down and say, Honey, we need to talk. I don't feel like I'm in love. So I just figured, just, just do everything, and, and I don't have to have that talk. Don't you hate those talks? Honey, we need to talk. Oh, my God. It, it's, it's like a dagger going through your heart, son. Isn't it? Fear grips you. My toenails cut themselves when she says stuff like that. They just fall off, man. I'm telling you. Now, so the first thing you have to do is ask yourself right, right now. Don't, you don't have to tell anybody. And just say, well, I didn't know I wasn't in love with God. Look at yourself. Judge yourself. Now, I'm talking about you keeping your desire. Because if you're not doing these things, I'm telling you, you are making a Pharisee. You are killing your inward man. Now, what are you going to do? Just ask yourself, am I loving God? Well, I go to church on Sunday. Are you loving God? Well, 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 I do. Are you loving God? Are you absorbing the weaknesses of people? He didn't wash his hands. That perturbed that Pharisee. Jesus just said, you, there's nothing good on the inside of you. You're just filled with wickedness. Now, if we don't love people, if we are turned off by their petty doings and undoings and not doings, then you know what? We're not in love with people. And so ask yourself, do I love God? And then judge it, have I served people around me? Bend over backwards. Bend over backwards till there is no more bend. That's how you love people. That you go a hundred miles and then you go another hundred miles. You take off a coat and you give them the other. That's that's loving God. If you can't love God, man who you have seen, you are not really in love with God. And I'm telling you, this stuff deteriorates the inward spirit of the believer. 
Yeah, that's horrible. That we as ourselves induce, as it were, a spirit-eating virus because we don't love God. And if you love God, you have to love men. You have to be involved. You have to serve. You have to give. You have to do. That's what love does. Love made the sacrifice that we die for others. Amen. Amen. You getting all this? Okay. You can buy a tape for 20 bucks after a service. Everybody else can buy them for 50 cents. You can buy them for 20 bucks. Now, so we have to be in love. If we don't love God... And if we don't judge ourselves in the area of love, we walk through life, but we never love. We never love. Marriage is not a cohabitation. Marriage is a partnership of involvement. You ever ask your, uh, well, we'll ask ask the women. Your husband ever asks you, put lotion on my back. And you think, oh, my God, that hair. You pull your hand off and you think, oh, my God, it's a gorilla hand. (laughs) Phyllis asked me, honey, would you put lotion on my back? Sure. (laughs) Can you just move? (laughs) I, I do it. But it's not the greatest thing I wish to do. <laughs> Honey, would you rub my feet? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So, is there anything else you want at Dosak Spa? <laughs> Could you rub my hands, honey? I'm thinking. And she, you know, before I get any ideas of anything, I'm tired. I'm so tired. Oh, I, just, I can hardly keep my eyes open. I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can rub their hands and put lotion on when there's hope. Yeah. You know how long it takes when there is no hope? Forever. Now, so we do that because we love them. Amen. Amen? So I bought her one of those things, swisher things. I just put lotion on it when she wants it. She swishes it. She can get all she wants. I'm thoughtful. Because there might be times I'm not there. Moving right along. And now, let's go to Ephesians 5.8. The first thing we just had fun with, you have to love God. Now, judge yourself. Don't be afraid of yourself. Don't be afraid to find yourself in need of developing or showing forth more love. Don't, Don't be afraid of it. Be afraid of the repercussions if you don't. Fear God. Amen? Fear God. Ephesians 5.18, it says this. For ye were sometimes... I've said 18. I'm sorry. Did you put eight? It's Ephesians 5.18. It says, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now let's go back to verse 18. It says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, this word filled really means the same word in Genesis where God says, multiply and replenish the earth. In other words, fill it with your seed, Adam. So, it means to refresh. It means to bring up to a full level. Now, in Acts, the second chapter, verse 1 through 4, The apostles are filled with the Holy Ghost. They come down to the upper room. I'm starting a series next week on the Holy Ghost. If we get through with this, we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. How long? Maybe forever. You know, people don't even know what the Holy Ghost is anymore. 
you know, somebody falls out from under, they say, oh, my God, she's drunk. No, she's not drunk. That's the Holy Ghost. People don't even know what the Holy Ghost is anymore. They're afraid of, we got churches. Oh, we believe in the Holy Ghost, but we don't speak in tongues. That's like saying we believe in marriage, but I'm never going to be. No, you, no. We, we believe in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Now, they were filled in Acts 2, 1 through 4. But then, if you'll go to Acts 4, I think it's 426. Go to Acts 426. So they were filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts 2, 1 through 4, the day of Pentecost. And uh, it says in Acts 426, And the king of the earth stood up, and the rulers thereof gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled, somebody say filled, filled. with the Holy Ghost. Now here they were filled in Acts 2, 1. This is a story about Peter and John coming back after they'd been beaten for the testimony of Jesus Christ and threatened. And what they do is they say, they pray, and God fills them. Now, they just got filled two chapters ago. But here, two chapters later, God sees the immense need for them to be filled again. Has your life been longer than two chapters? Then you need to be refilled. Because when you start getting low on the Holy Ghost, the only alternative is you turn carnal. Remember, it's the Holy Ghost that mortifies the deeds of the body. And if you start getting low on the Holy Ghost, well, well, I I know I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I didn't say you didn't speak in tongues. I said you weren't filled. Your actions say more than what your speaking in tongues says. Come on. Hallelujah. They were filled with the Holy Ghost two chapters later because they needed it. Now, if they needed it, we need it. Amen. You get low on the Holy Ghost. Guess what? You begin to turn carnal. You cannot live Christianity by a decision to be disciplined. Christianity is not a disciplinary action. It is a spirit-filled, induced, fruit-producing life born out of the Holy Ghost and the Word. Could I get an amen? Amen. You say, but but I, I, I just said no sin. You said no to sin because the Holy Ghost was there enabling you to say it. You could not say no before he came, and you won't say no after he goes. Amen. Amen. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. The church will rise up as a pure fire ready for revival when the church gets filled because when it gets filled, Everything else has to go. Amen. Amen. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And if we get filled with the Holy Ghost and refresh and stay filled from it, we will not stray from the truth. We'll not stray from the truth. Why do people get discontent when you have the Holy Ghost? Dwelling on the inside of you. How is Christianity boredom when you are filled with God? No, it's when you get down to the bottom and everything else is above God that you get miserable and bored. 
Amen. And that's why we try to do other things or we get involved in the world is because we simply are not filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Amen. So what we do is we begin to deal with things in a soulish realm. We begin to deal with them on a carnal realm or a fleshly realm. I, I, this amazes me. People ask me all the time. The, the church down, down the road, I won't tell you which one, came to me one time. They said, how can you get things done so fast? It's taken us three years and we can't get carpet in our foyer. I said, tell everybody else to shut up and this is going to be the color you're choosing. Said, so, well, we can't do that. I said, yes, you can. Somebody's got to lead. Amen. You can't have 15 heads on a horse trying to run a race. Amen. You're going to have to, somebody's going to have to be in charge. Amen. Amen. You've got to make decisions. Yes. Amen. And if you're being led of the Holy Ghost, who cares what color of carpet is? I don't Amen. come here because of the color of carpet is the way I like it or don't. I wanted to paint it concrete and save the money. People want carpet. I get everybody a five-gallon bucket and say, we're going to have church till people can't sit no more. But no, everybody, we got to be comfortable, amen? I'm not against comfortable things. I'm just saying, this is not why we serve Jesus. Absolutely. Amen? amen? People say, well, I just didn't like it one time that we put a fountain out in front of the church. They said, I can't believe you spent $6,000. We're leaving the church. I said, don't go until you give an offering for it. <laughs> Who gets mad because you're trying to make something nice? Crazy people. People that are empty on the Holy Ghost. People that are waiting to get offended. Yes. Yes. And if you're waiting, it don't take long. Amen. I've had people be here 20 years and say, Pastor, the other day you said something offended me. I said, one time after 20 years, you better stay here another 20 <laughs> Yeah, I offended Phyllis, I'm sure, that as soon as we got married. Yeah, we went in the bedroom and she took her wedding dress off and all I thought was, it's legal now. <laughs> and I started doing things I shouldn't do and she slapped me. I said, well, when does the agreement get to work? Well, not right now, we got to go eat. So we went out and ate a $1.99 meal down at Maisie's and went to the drive-in. And the drive wasn't any more productive than, than the encounter. <laughs> Hallelujah. I thought, gee, man, why did I get married? But thank God it worked out. She hasn't changed much, but it's worked out. Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, now, now, when you get low of the Holy Ghost, you get dull. You get dull of hearing. You know, you hear people say, I just don't get nothing out of church anymore. <laughs> well, the dullness is not on this end. Come on. The dullness is in you. If all I did was read the Bible, it'd be enough. That's all God did. God don't come down and preach to you every day, does he? It, no, you just read the Bible. You get so much. So if I just stood up here and read the Bible, you ought to get so much and be shouting, and glory to God, hallelujah. Absolutely. Amen? But you get dull of hearing. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. When you should be teachers, you now have need that others should teach you because you've heard the word, but you haven't done the word. Amen. Now see, that means that when you get low on the Holy Ghost, you start getting dull of hearing. Amen. And then what happens is you begin to get, lose your consciousness of the kingdom. Because you can't hear anything that's being said. And then what happens is you begin to become a prisoner again to your emotions, the addictions, the lust, and the carnality that you were once freed from. Yeah. Really. When you get low of the Holy Ghost, you get led by the devil right back to your vomit, right back to the old wallow, and you just jump in there. Why? 
because the joy of that presence has left you and you're looking for something that only God can give you and you're looking in all the wrong places. Isn't there, isn't there a song like that? Looking for love in all the wrong places. Well, that's what Christians, they look for fulfillment every place but Jesus. It is not there. I'm just telling you. And there are people in this church that have been in sin in places that you would not even imagine going. And I'm telling you, they'll tell you there's nothing out there. There's nothing out there. All, all you people that think you want to have an affair, you only got so many parts. Don't believe your imagination. You got so many parts. It can only do so many things. Just resign. That's it. Amen. Is that all there is? What in there a song like that? Somebody burned a house down or something. They said, is that all there is? Yeah, that's it, buddy. That's it. That's it. Right? That's it. It's a state of mind. And when your mind gets too old, it just doesn't state nothing no more. Is your mind like that now? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> All right. All right. So, now once we become dull, we become unaware or our conscience begins to disconnect from kingdom things and we begin to be prisoners again from the very thing that God set us free from. Now, when we lose our consciousness of God because of dullness of hearing, David, we lose our convictions. That's dangerous. When you lose your convictions, man, you're had. You're like a, a canoe without a paddle, a boat without a rudder, a wife without a voice. Oh, no, that's paradise. I'm sorry. Uh, 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 let, let me see. Uh, a horse without legs. That, that, that's a little better. <laughs> now, and once you lose your convictions, guess what happens? Your faith begins to be defiled. Remember, we're built up on a holy faith. Jude, the 20th, chapter, 20th verse. We have a holy faith. But when our convictions become defiled, because we lose our consciousness or awareness of God, your faith will become defiled and it will not work. Oh, come on, somebody shout hallelujah. All righty, hallelujah. Now, what we need to do is we have to get back to being filled. Somebody say, we need to get filled. Absolutely. So... It's up to you and I to fill ourselves. If you see the things that I've been talking about in you, it's time to get filled. Amen. It's time to get filled. Sure. One of the greatest things that I do is sometimes I'll take a day or two days and I'll come to my office and I'll tell everybody, don't talk to me. Tell them, don't talk to me. Don't phone call me. Don't do nothing. I'm not listening to music. I'm not listening to tapes. I'm not, re I'm not doing anything but reading. I'm not talking. I'm not praying to God. I'm not doing anything. I'm not talking to you. And what I'm doing is sanctifying my tongue. And you'll never believe how much trash we talk in the name of faith. And how much negativity we talk to others. You say, oh, that's easy. <laughs> yeah, tried to talk. Now, I know women couldn't do that fast. But men, you could do it. But you'll come out with a new way of talking. I I'm just telling you, God will touch your tongue. You know, Isaiah, when Uriah died... In Isaiah, the sixth chapter, he said, God, I am a man of unclean lips. The angel took a coal from the altar and touched his lips and cleansed him so he could preach the gospel. Could that type of thing be happening when we preach the gospel and why it has no power through unclean lips? 
I think so. We've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, be filled. Got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, be filled. All right. The second thing that we, the third thing we need to go, let's go to John 15, 1 through 4. John 15, 1 through 4. So we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Don't ever be ashamed of the Holy Ghost. We have a friend, she was in the dentist's office one time. People were uh, talking about how they had language, they could speak languages. And they would say, oh yeah, I know French, uh, you know, leaning tower of Pisa. And uh, they, they were demonstrating, you know, like German uh, sauerkraut. They, you know, and they were speaking Japanese uh, sushi. And uh, they, they were talking all these languages. And she says, well, I, I know how to talk another language. And, and they said, what is it? She said, That's the language of the Holy Ghost that when you get saved. Now, most people would have said, and took off. We don't need to be afraid of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Now, 1 John 1, 5 says, oh, I'm sorry, John 15, 1 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is a husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Wow. Somebody said, I don't believe in backsliding. Well, there God takes people away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, and no more can ye, except ye abide in me. Now, we need to abide in God. Now, I'm just like you sometimes. I think, give me a magazine, give me a newspaper, give me something besides the Bible. My word. That attitude is a stairway of death. Amen. Is a stairway of death. This is not just the word of a man. This is the voice of God. This is God talking to us. The first thing we need to do, we need to study it. 2 Timothy 3.15. We need to read it. We need to meditate it. In Psalms 125, we need to search it. In John 5.39, we need to act on it. James 1.22. And we need to give it first place and never change it. Proverbs 30, verse 6. You know, it, it amazes me. Messenger, hear. Bible without blood, Bible without power, Bible without Jesus, Bible without gender, Bible this, Bible. How many ways do we have to segment the voice of God till we're so comfortable with it that it applies to our life? The New English Version. I never knew there was an Old English Version. I thought it was King James. Now, I'm not against anyone that you're reading, so don't write me letters and don't tell me. I just don't care. I'm just telling you that some of this stuff is so far-fetched. Just chill out. Amen. Get a Bible and read it. Amen. Hey, just read it. I mean, I'm, I'm in... Look, I told Phil, man, I'm thinking about, besides going back to theological school I'm thinking about going to a pronunciation course over line why have you heard me <laughs> I'm just shooting in the dark hoping you don't hear hear what letters are dropped or what letters are added I think the English language is the most confusing thing in the world why do you put letters in a word that are silent? Why don't you just put the ones that you want pronounced? Amen? Come on, let's start a Pete's world. Hallelujah. A world where I can read. 
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So, you and I as Christians need to understand that we need to be filled. Somebody say filled. filled. Secondly, we need to abide in the Scripture. Somebody say abide in the Scripture. All righty. Now, let's go. No, I don't want to go there. Let's go to uh, hmm, Numbers 15, verse 38. Numbers 15, 38. We need to remember. You know, whatever is in your brain ultimately gets in your heart. Amen. Have you ever asked your kid, what were you thinking? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's why you did it wrong. Yeah. Phyllis one time was fixing meatloaf. And so she called me. I'm in Indian Lake. And she said, honey, stop and get some eggs. I'm making meatloaf. I said, okay, sure. No problem. So I bring eggs home. And I, she said, supper's ready. Are you ready to eat? I said, I thought you need some eggs. She said, oh, I just put cornmeal in there. They're about the same. In her mind, she thought cornmeal goes through the chicken and makes the egg. You've got to watch your thinking. Right? You've you got to watch your thinking. One time, John Franz was at our house for Thanksgiving. And I noticed this pile of turkey kept getting taller and taller. And I said, John, what's that big pile of turkey meat there beside you? He said, that's why I can't eat. It's too tough. <laughs> One time, we had banana turkey. She put it in the refrigerator, and there were bananas in there. And the turkey tastes like the bananas. <laughs> Let me tell you what's not one of the top sellers. It's banana turkey. It's not good. We put it down for the dog, and the dog even said, Oh, not me. He, didn't. he wouldn't eat the stuff. Now, I'm just telling you what I faced. People ask me why I have great faith. I live at home. <laughs> Hallelujah. Numbers, it says this, speaking to the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribband of blue and it shall be unto you for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord. And when you remember, guess what? You remember them and do them, and that you seek not after your own heart or, and your own eyes after which ye used to go whoring, and that ye remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God, and I am the Lord God which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God, and I am the Lord your God. Now, notice what it said. When you remember the scriptures, you're going to do it. And when you do it, you're not going to be like a bunch of whoring people. And when you do it, guess what? You're going to be holy. Amen. Just think. All you do is just remember the word. Just Remember it, Bill. Just call it to remembrance. Consider it in all that we do. Guess what? Then you're going to end up remembering it. You do it. You follow it. You seek him. You find him. You don't go whoring, and you end up holy. Pretty simple. So we ought to remember the scriptures. Amen? Paul told Timothy, remembering the scriptures... In 1 Timothy 1, 14 through 18, Timothy, remember the prophecies that have went before you that you might by them war a good warfare. And then he says, don't neglect the gift that's on the inside of you that was put there by the hands of the presbytery, but meditate upon it. Remember it. Think about it, Timothy, because when you do, it's profiting or it's successful nature will begin to show itself forth in your life. 
You know, so many people say, oh, I got a call on my life. And all they do is try to go around and make it come to pass. If you have a call on your life, sit down and start thinking. Meditate it and let God do what God's going to do instead of you messing it all up. Hmm? Yeah, just think on it. Because if it's God, it'll come to pass. It'll transform you. It'll lead you. It'll guide you, just like this scripture here says. You'll end up finding God. You'll stop whoring and shut off all these other things. And you'll end up being holy before the Lord. Now, who could beat that? Could I get an amen? So we are to remember. Somebody say remember. Now another one. Then we're, we're going to, we're just about ready to end. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. If I could have that on it. And it says, When I call to remember, see on foreign faith that is in thee, which first dwelt in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee into remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. I put you in remembrance. There you go. Now we see that a gift will come to fruition as you meditate upon it. But it will also stay stirred when you remember it. When you remember it. So we need to start putting the scriptures back in us. Now, I know that your want to or doesn't want to. So here's how you do that. In the morning, instead of listening to country and western on the way to work. Oh, in the morning, instead of listening to 98 rock and roll, put a tape on it. I don't care if it's Schofield, Mofield, Joefield, Hallelujahville. I don't care. Just put somebody's voice on that you like hearing. I just heard that. Well, it ain't going to be you, Pastor. I understand that. I understand that. But put somebody's voice on there that you can tolerate and start listening to it. Just, just listen to it. Listen to it. Listen to it. Put on some Christian music. Listen to it. And then when you go home, don't turn on Bill O'Reilly. I'm telling you, he just flushed the love of Jesus out of you. Don't go to CNN. Fill your house with music. How could you yell at your husband in between verses you're singing, Jesus, my Savior. Jesus, you bum loving me, walking with me, watching over you. Don't do nothing. I love you, Jesus. That's pretty hard, isn't it? So, just fill your car. Start inducing it back into your life. Small portion so you don't get all, people won't go home. I'm going to start praying five hours tomorrow. I tell you, I'm going to read the whole New Testament tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're going to fall asleep and you're going to make a lie. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just say, Jesus, I'm on cruise. And just start listening to it. Real slow, real light, and just listen to it. And just let the word. And you sent forth his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destruction. Now one more. I lied, I'm three more. All right. Somebody say prayer. 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 Jesus said, John 16, 23. You do not need to pray and ask me for anything because my Father loves you as he has loved me. And whatever asked in my name, he will do for you. Prayerlessness leads to being God-mindlessness. And when we don't pray about situations, we are not considering God's alternatives or his will. We do entirely too many things by habit. Mm-hmm. Knew a guy had a friend that every 15, every hour, 45 minutes an hour, his watch went off. He'd say, I love you guys, I'll be back in a little while. He'd go away 15 minutes and then come back. I thought, what's wrong with him? Then I thought, where'd you get that watch? 
I knew, wouldn't that be nice if you and Lori were talking and it wasn't going your way? And that, oh, Lori, I've got to go with Jesus. Wouldn't that be worth it? Hallelujah, that'd be perfect. Phyllis would be in there breaking the little thing off. All right. Now, prayerlessness ends up being God-mindlessness. And what it does is it ultimately brings about the dominion of the senses and rationale and reasoning of man over the power of God. Why would a Christian try to figure out how something is going to happen when God said, if you pray about it, I'll do it? Spiritual idleness, laziness, spiritual slumbering, lukewarmness, and even boredom and weaknesses come when people quit praying. Why do people quit praying? They're bored. I hate to tell you, it's a God's truth. People get bored of talking to the air. I've been praying six months. He ain't never said nothing. One time, I, God never talked to me for like three months. Finally, he said, son, I said, where you been? He said, here. I said, why haven't you been talking to me? He said, anybody can walk in faith when everything's rosary. Rosie, there's that old Catholicism come up. I apologize. And anyway, I got that out. I won't have to go home and say it now. All right, now look. Now, anybody can walk with Jesus when everything's rosy and he's talking in your ear, but that's not where faith is formed. Faith is formed crawling your way up the mountain, not when you get up there and see God. Amen? Faith is forged in the fires in the valley, in the strange fires, in the temptations. That's where faith is really defined whether you have it or you don't have it. Amen. Amen? Therefore, we will rejoice when tribulation comes, knowing that there is a spiritual operation bringing forth patience. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Now, when these things begin to rule your life, the child of God must, protect himself from becoming passive. How many things right now in your life could change if God answered what you asked? How many things right now could change? In our, all of us have at least a dozen, right? I'd like to have four head of hair. Really, I would, wouldn't you? Instead of a back full. Instead of a back full and, and toes full. I mean, I looked down one time and I, I thought, there's a goat in our house, folks. I realized it was my foot. I went by a mirror the other day and said, oh, my God. Phil said, there's a gorilla. I said, that's just my belly. Got a hair like a donkey on my back, goat's feet. Of course, that is scriptural, hallelujah. And a belly like a gorilla. When, what am I doing? I'm metamorphosing <laughs> into what I was before I was ever born. All right. Now, becoming passive. Now, how do I know people are passive? When we are letting things dominate our life because we haven't prayed. That's passivity. And what's going to happen is that means that you will put up with small things and pretty soon, you're going to start putting up with big things. And then what happens is you let your kids in your household get passive. Wow. Could again, get an amen? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't rebuke your kids for being disobedient. You don't, when they say, I'm not doing that, you say, well, I'll just go ahead and do it myself. That's passivity. Listen, you, you could... Honey, grandkids don't mean that. And that's, we're talking about kids, fellas. Don't get me mad. I'll get unpassive. Now, listen. I, now, when you are passive, you are going to become imprisoned 
by the very sin that God enabled you to rule over. You're going to become dominated by the devil because he's going to start moving in because you haven't done anything. You are accepting anything that comes to your house. Stop it. Stop it. Phyllis used to collect cats. One time, yeah, you did. Don't be geeky. You had that old leopard cat, had leprosy. You brought up out of a ditch down the road, and we spent all that money taking it. Yeah, don't tell me, oh, no, not me. You did, too. And then she had dogs living on the back porch. And guess what? They always get the best. They always get this. They last two days, and they run off with some old whore dog that come along. And we, then we don't have it. We're so in love. We're heartbroken. And her old whore dog is running down the road. And then we used the best cushion, the best blanket. And, of course, they were all off my bed. Yeah. One time they dropped off a whole pack of cats and we picked them up and they were in the back window doing this. I said, Phyllis, this is enough. We are not doing this anymore. What did you do? We hung them out by the car, out by the road, by their neck. People quit dropping them off. I, we really didn't do that, so. Now, now what happens when you get passive? Here comes the addictions that you once were free from. Here, they, here comes the old nature that you once got free from. Here it comes. That which you have invested so much in is coming back home to roost. And guess what? You aren't doing anything about it. Come on. Hallelujah. Now, when we start becoming passive, we will miss moments of miracles. Remember blind Barnabas? Jesus! They said, shut up. Jesus, be quiet. Jesus, he wasn't passive. He got his miracle. But what happens when we become passive, we begin to be blind to what the devil is doing. Remember when the man came and brought his son and said, look, there's something wrong with my son. He's got a devil. I brought him to your disciples. They couldn't do it. I'm still here. He wasn't passive. He wouldn't take a no for an answer. He said, I need God to do something. Amen. And guess what? His house was set free. Amen. Then the next thing we need to do, if you have a problem, deal with it. Amen. Could have given an amen. Deal with it. Problems don't go away with age. Amen. They get worse with time. When you find a problem, a problem you keep stumbling over, you keep falling over, you keep struggling with, face it. Face it. Confess your fault to somebody and say, look, I'm weird. Okay, what are you weird? Have you ever seen those things, people with weird addictions? The other day, a woman was sniffing baby powder. She she, she, she sniffed. That's what she did. I can't, I can't get enough. I thought, what in the world is wrong with that woman? Then here come the woman that eats toilet paper all day. I thought, where do they find these people? If you got a problem like that, don't come to me. Go to Phyllis. She'll help you. Listen, if you have a problem, face it. Don't let it go till it gets so bad that it becomes an addictive, familiar spirit that you are passing on to your children. Face what is in your house that's wrong. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Praise God. Go to Psalms 90 and verse 14. Yes, we're, we're wrapping up right now. We're wrapping up right now. The other thing is this. The Bible says God gives us the desires of our heart. Do you think we could ask for them? Do you think that we could ask God to mend our want to her? God, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Restore unto me my zeal. God, restore unto me my passion. 
God, I want to like being around you again. You think he doesn't know you don't like it? You think he doesn't know you're not bored? Oh, he showed up more times than not, and you weren't there. Oh, absolutely. He's not mad at you. He's just saying, let's not do this anymore. Let's not do this anymore. Let me reignite that which we had when we met at Calvary. Don't we go on anniversaries every year? What are you going on anniversary for, Mark? <laughs> to renew the beginning. What's that include? <laughs> no, no. No. You're trying to capture the fire. It never happens, but we're trying. Every time we go on vacation, Phil says it always. Honey, do you remember when we first got married? I think, oh, Jesus, just shut up. That's the last thing I want to think about is when we first got married. I'm there to catch any fire. Forget about old fire. I just want fire. But we do, but we never try to do that with God. What if we could see the glory of the cross like we saw it the first time. We could renew ourselves to the weeping of joy, bringing about purity, bringing about focus and dedication. There's just one reason I live, Jesus. What if we could renew that? We can. God can give us the desires of our heart. Oh, satisfy us early with thy mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Notice what he's asking. God, make me glad. Make me happy with my Christianity again. Next verse. Make us glad according to the day wherein thou hast afflicted us and the years wherein we have seen evil. Next verse. Let thy work appear unto thy servants and thy glory unto their children. God, let us see the joy of all that you've done for us and let our children inherit it. And let the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. Let's go to Psalms 51. We, most of us, know this, and we're going to wrap up with this. Honest. Well, yeah, honest. Psalms 51, verse 8. Make me to hear joy. Are you dull of hearing? Have you become weary, lackadaisical, disoriented, confused? Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all of mine iniquities. Create in me, create in me, God, a clean heart. O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take thy Holy Spirit from me. Take not from thy Holy Spirit. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach. Then will I teach. Remember Hebrews 5.12, when you should be teachers? Now there's restoration. Then shall I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. God, do this for me. God, do this for me. Make me fresh. God, make me like I used to be. Not like the struggles have made me. Not like all of the hardships have made me. Not like God's offenses have made me. Make me new. Make me new. I want to know the joy of my salvation, the gladness, God, that I once knew. Make me happy. 
in my salvation. Each and every one of us can pray that. Each and every one of us can ask God, God, give this to me. See, now listen. You do your part. But when you fall short, God will do what you can't do. And God will reflame our spirits. And God will shut up in us our bones with a fire that we cannot keep our lips shut about his goodness. Don't try just to do it on your own. Just use faith and apprehend the grace and the provision of God that we just read. God, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. I don't want to look through glasses that are scratched and faded anymore. I want to be able to love my brother. I want to be able to endure hardships with a song in my heart. I, God, want to be able to be faithful and not struggle with it. I, God, want to be sold out. I want to be a Christian. God, fix my want to her. Help me be what I need to be to finish the course. Hallelujah. Every head bowed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I worship you. Jesus, we lift our hearts to you right now. You see every scar, every mar, every war wound, every failure that has vexed us. But God, David, cried out as we cry out today, God, make me glad. Make me glad. We don't want to be people that wear masks. We genuinely want to be celebrative in Christ. Oh, God, for your glory. God, for your glory. For your glory. For your glory. For your glory. Hallelujah. Heal the brokenhearted. Heal us today, God. Heal us today. Heal us today. And restore and put in us a right spirit. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet and just lift up holy hands. Just lift them up. They've been cleansed by the blood. Lift up holy hands. Oh God, without any wrath and doubting in our heart. Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah.